Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a, a, a Wi-Fi system that, that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, you can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, you can purchase flights from different virtual locations, and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money. Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi. I keep coming back to that. Anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about. So all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk-free I urge you to do it everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always and I'm joined today by two autumn of their lives supporting Rangers fans. First of all, it is the bus convener from hell. It's Andy McGowan. Thanks very much for that introduction, David, I think. And I'm no longer a bus convener. This is, this. can I just publicise that? Folk can still ask me for tickets now. I've moved house. I no longer run the bus. I don't have tickets. Stop asking me. Are you no itching though to... To, to, you know, to get back into it, you know, just looking at a bus for a, a leverage buyout. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I think hostile I've done, takeover. <laughs> I've done my shift, and uh, I'm trying to think of a football manager that's in uh, on a hiatus just now. That's me. What about Neil Warnock? He's retired, and he seems quite happy. Well, fucking no, Neil Warnock for a start, but no far off. I've not went to in yet. Well, also joining us tonight, uh, the, the host of uh, Who Are You on the Heart and Hand Network, it's Alan Bradley. Hello, Alan. Hello there. Yeah, autumn, much better than winter, David. Andy, I reckon all the people you thought were your pals, they're all going on their way now because you've not got the ticket influence. Eh? Uh, they have already, it's bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it wasn't bliss on on Saturday. Uh, Rangers going to Easter Road, where we took on Hibs, and unfortunately drew two each, uh, obviously conceding that late equaliser, which denied us two points. Now, immediately after the match, uh, I think two camps 
were created, and I leapt into one, I'll be honest. Uh, I think a lot of people picked one. And, and one was the referee cost us. He, he was at it and he cost us, and that was how I felt. And two was the referee was shocking, but we were really bad, and it's our fault. We have to take the blame. We can't look at the referee. And of course, like all these things, when you step back and we're now 48 hours on and you calm down, you realise both things are simultaneously true. We weren't very good, but the referee did cost us. And I don't think you need to pick one side or the other. I think there's certainly enough blame to go around and we're going to talk about both tonight. So the headline grabbing stuff, Andy, is of course the referee. Rangers have appealed the John Lundstrom red card. Interestingly, they haven't appealed the Alfredo Morelos one, although uh, the qualified referees in the pod tell me that there wasn't really enough force in that to warrant a red card. I kind of think, having watched it back, you have two slaps at a player. I think you're giving the referee a justification to send you off. And, and even Tav and his post-match interview said, yeah, that was that was stupid. So the, the, the red card, though, we saw literally, I mean literally, the same tackle in the first half, except it was by Jake Doyle's Hayes, and he gets a yellow card. And that's fair enough. I'm not complaining about that. But then Lundstrom makes a tackle, and he reacts to the crowd. Willie Collum, we've seen this before. Willie Collum gets bored during a football match and then thinks, I want the attention. He is like a toddler at a party. Aye, Willie Collum, eh? <laughs> Aptly named. Willie Collum, he's, he's a funny wee guy because it, you know how they can all cliches about you know, referees were bullied at school and so forth. He... You can see with him that he likes, and this is the only sphere of life, apart from when he's been a school teacher to, to kids, that he has any kind of gravitas or authority. Because he, he kind of squares up to people that in real life he would never dream of even saying booty. And it, it, it's just this power trip from And um, he ruined that game. Um, to go to the two camps you were talking about earlier on about, you know, it was your fault, it was the referee's fault, you're, you're 100% correct, it's both. I was firmly falling into the, the camp on Saturday, if anybody watched me on Twitter, have a meltdown, it was, um, it was our own doing kind of thing. But Colin's performance on Saturday, this isn't something we've not spoken about before, he's not alone, it's diabolical. VAR will go some way to fixing it, but then I start to wonder who are going to be the people sitting in the ice cream van outside the ground with their, their uh, wee monitor. Who Are they going to be any better? So the lunchroom was a disgrace. It was whether he's caught, he's, the angle he was at, this is me giving Colin the, the ultimate benefit of the doubt. If he was at the wrong angle and he saw it from behind and it looked knee high, then maybe I could see why he's given it as a red card. But wait a second, consult your linesman, think about it. It just couldn't, couldn't get the, ticket, the card out quick enough. Disgraceful decision, particularly given the Doyle Hayes win in the first half. I think he's absolutely right there, um, Alan. I think that for me, it is that when I say that he reacts to crowds, and a lot of Scottish referees do this, the fact the red card was it instantly. Whereas he's absolutely right. run in, calm the situation down. You see it in England all the time, where not coincidentally they have professional referees and VAR. Um, but but take a second, speak to your fourth official, speak to your linesman, say my guts are red, what you say, and see what they say, and then make your decision up. He can't do any of that because he hears the roar, he runs over, and the red card is out, and the decision is made, and the ref isn't going to back down. We know that, so. It's just, how can a guy with his experience of being a referee still fall into that 
emotional response refereeing, which is the, the antithesis. The referee's supposed to be the guy who is impartial and takes a step back and goes, right, okay. And instead, he gets caught up in the melodrama, same as everybody else. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head and used that word experience. Jeez. He's not a young laddie who's just suddenly come through in his first season. How many years you know, have we seen this, as you say, immediately? Not even just him, other referees as well in Scotland. It's as quick as they can get the card out. You know, sometimes by the time the ball stops playing and the player stops rolling, they've already got it out. So, I mean, that's definitely one. The other thing that really scunners me too is, I mean, what do they do? Do they not reflect? Does the supervisor not sit down and say, look, okay, here's what you're doing in terms of development you've got to? Because as I say, I don't know, is it maybe 10 years or so? But these people keep doing the same the same things. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous. And again, the tackle, the John Lundstrom tackle, Right away, the one in the first half, we all do it. Oh, there he's took one for the team, fine. Yeah. The minute Lundstrom took it, I went, took one for the team, and you're expecting yellow card. Lundstrom's face, it was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I reckon 90 of those, okay, we saw one in the, was it the Man City-Newcastle game? But my goodness, even that, they immediately looked at it again, didn't they? And went, whoops, that was wrong. So, I, and I'm in the same as kind of you guys. I'm, I, I didn't do what Andy did. I just immediately don't go near social media, don't read a lot of things or so on. But to me, we weren't playing well anyway, David, but we were we were getting there. We were still 2-1 up. And I That's do feel thing. I feel that Lindstrom going off, it did change the whole dynamic, you know, of the game. Even going down, we'll get on to Alfie as well. But even at the end, we're almost holding on. But I think if Lindstrom had still have been on there, there's a fair chance we would have went up and got a third as well. So just ruined the game. Yeah, it did, and uh, yeah, you'll get the appeal over. He will get the red card overturned. There's, there's virtually no doubt about that. But doesn't really help us in in that circumstances. Andy, I feel that we've sort of gone back a few years here um, with Alfie. This is a conversation that we've had many times, but not for a long time. And I suppose that's maybe why I'm not angry. I'm disappointed because I did think we were past this. I think that's that. I thought this was something that he'd left behind, and. Again, you know, I've seen people who are qualified refs who know more than me arguing that it wasn't a red. I must admit, had it happened against us, I'd have been after a red, you know, on reflection when I've calmed down a bit after the match. Um, But my argument isn't about the rights and wrongs of the red. It's about not getting involved when your team's down to 10 men. That, to me, is like, come on, you know. And you know that the referee isn't good and, and and... in a perfect world, you wouldn't have to consider this, but it's not a perfect world. It's Scottish football, and you've got to say, "Look, I can't, I can't give him anything at all. I've got to to just be whiter than than white in terms of my behaviour for the next wee while." And instead, Alfie gets involved, has two goes at him. Let's be honest, uh, and finds himself sent off. He's still, when he's fit and firing, our, our I, I genuinely believe our most important player. But this was like a throwback to the worst elements of him. And as I say, I thought we'd left this behind us. Aye, so did I. Uh, there, was, there was something notable. I, I was obviously at the game and there was something notable a while before this. He was near Long on the park and McCollum, I can't recall what, but he made a decision that wasn't very good. And It was the well, red. He was it the red? Yeah. Was it? I, and, and and Colin made a point of pulling him over and giving him the old, that, that square up thing that I'm referring to. This kind of I'm the boss and look at how angry my face is and he's pretty aggressive, you know the way the SFA referees are trained to be in their stance with the wide arms and all this nonsense. And um, 
I remember at the time thinking, you know, Morelos, you know what this guy's like. You know that he's... I don't think he likes Morelos. And he gave him what he needed. To do your point, David, I think it's a red card. I mean, just because the elbow doesn't connect, then doesn't mean it's, it's a yellow. I think it's dangerous play. It's aggressive. You can't swing your arm like that whatsoever. And he, he made it easy for Colm. Cost is a game, I think. I think if he stays on, stays on and we have 10 men, I think we see the game out and uh, would have been comfortable. So it's a total and utter. It, it just, you know, brain fart doesn't cover it. And I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing theses about, well, he's frustrated and he's not getting in the game and he's he's not quite as fit as he could be. And he, so what? If you're on the game and you've got that 20 minutes or so, or whatever it was, half an hour he got, you've got to have a laser focus and help the team. And, and he's done so well to get rid of that tag or the hothead or, or liability. Um, really, really disappointed. And, um, you know, the bigger picture is here that we've got a guy in his last year's contract. We're trying to get him to sign a new contract, presumably. There maybe will be suitors hanging about watching them and they're going to be like, geez, we thought this was, was a wave. So there is a, a material impact on his value and his sellability. And there's also also a question to the, the people in Ibrox that are, are setting up deals from a new contract because I don't think it'll make you think twice, but you're like, well, you know, is that because he's had three pay rises, something like that. That's about third bump he's had. This will be another one, I presume. So you kind of keep doing this. And he, uh, uh, to, without going on a, a total rant here, but you know, he goes away with Columbia. Columbia's a priority to him over Rangers. No really got an issue with that, but he does it to his own detriment. I don't think last year was the best thing carrying that injury he had. And his injury record's no the most glowing when we actually sit down and look at it. And then when you add this kind of stuff in. I mean, up, up until that, no, genuinely up until that, that last but, one, I can't really remember a lot. Well, aye. Many times we say he's working his way back to fitness. Well, he's playing. I, 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 I'm sure one of our statues will do that, but I mean, I must admit, really up until his previous unavailability has tended to be for resulting from things like this, I think. Well, well, how, how often have you said, David, he's not quite fit, he's getting there, it looks a bit chunky. Waste his career at Rangers. No, I don't. Uh, I don't like to disagree with you when you're in this kind of mood, Andy. Because <laughs> you know. um, I'm, I'm a little frightened and all. I'll tell you, Alan's nice and grandfatherly, and I like Alan. Alan, um, you know, did, are you going to stick up a defence for him on on Saturday? I mean, look, first of all, no, I think no. Alfredo Morelos has contributed a lot more good stuff than bad stuff to Rangers. But I think at this point, as we're sitting here, there is a worry of. Uh, you know what yeah. version of him do we have, and with a year left in his deal, what version of him are we going to get? Aye, I mean, I was angry and disappointed because of the length of time that he's out. Obviously, that was the long, you know, the kind of injury that they had, and even when he first came on, you know, the past wee, where he's come on a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And he's a wee touches and obviously overweight, but he gets his goal. But even when he came on at Hibs, there was a couple of wee that play into him. And he gets it and he controls it and he touches it back and you're thinking, that's it, just do the basics and hopefully get a wee bit of time on Saturday and who knows, we'll maybe use them, you know, on Wednesday. Yeah, that was my but, thinking. But, 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 but what really got me is you say, it was just like, it was stupid. Uh, and again, I think because he had done it twice, then it definitely gives the, and that referee anyway, but it, it, it gives him a decision. So I, I wasn't really, I thought, no, nah, it's a red, he's stupid. But I think what got me as well is even when he's gone off, he's got that wee smile 
you know, a wee laugh. And I think it's that kind of stuff as well. Obviously, his head just went away. Overall, I think he's been brilliant for us. Uh, and he's not been in the kind of roof one where, you know, you get maybe roofs out for so long, he comes back, he's getting up to pace and he goes back out. So I think over the past, certainly the past couple of years, Davey, I think he's been a lot more durable. And I definitely think he's given us far more than, you know, he's gone against. I think those first couple of years when Gerard was there, those silly sending off and that, and he did, he definitely seemed to have cleaned up his act and you just don't know what the hang's going through his head at this, you know, this point in time on Saturday. I agree with Andy. I think if he'd still have stayed there, it would still have given us some out ball and it would have kept a couple of them at the back, at least having to watch him. But by him being off there, basically their goalkeeper was playing away up now mm. and we were just hemmed in, you know. I take it back, Davey, he's 45 he averages 45 games in the last five seasons. So I'm talking bollocks, but I think... Yeah, you know, up they, yours, Andy. <laughs> I'm not in there, am I? I'm going to double, <laughs> double down. Now, now, guys. Now, now. Come on. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be very Scott. You're, you're a Scotsman, for Christ's sake. Don't back down. Double down. You know the rules, right? I, You've got to just throw, throw people off the bus, Andy. Throw, I, you've gone now, haven't you? You can't do that anymore. You have though. to walk up that hill and then dig yourself a grave on it. That's <laughs> what we do. We're Scottish, damn it. But uh, actually, Alan brings up a good point there, which is the the tactics, the overall tactics. Now, we don't make enough chances. That's 10 games in a row, Andy, where we haven't scored in the first half hour. That's a lot. for, And I, and I know there's some big games in there, but there's also a few small ones as well where Rangers haven't scored in the first half hour. It takes us a long time, I think, to get into a game. We don't make a lot of chances full stop, but we certainly don't make a lot in the first half. Uh, and, and Saturday drove me nuts because a couple of times we got into some really good positions and didn't shoot. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kent, for example, is mm-hmm. just his decision-making these days about when to shoot and when not to is, is awful. Um, I, I, we do play, I think, overly safe at times. And the, I suppose that it, it, it's playing a certain way in Europe where you do need to look after the ball and you can't make wild and crazy decisions. But then in the SPFL, where you can be a wee bit freer and looser, we just don't seem to be in that particular mindset. We don't score enough goals and you don't need to be a mathematician to see, well, if you don't make enough chances, you're unlikely to do so. Uh, And I thought that, that Saturday was another case in point where we had a lot of the ball without really, you know, we would get into kind of good areas and then very little would come of it. Uh, and it just, uh, our domestic games can sometimes feel like a bit of a slog that takes us a while to get into it. And am I being unfair there? No, because when, I'm, when I kind of get to sleep, I don't imagine sheep jumping out of Eve Dyke. I know, imagine the ball getting passed for Golson to Sands to Barisic to Golson to Sands to Tavernier to Lundstrom back to Golson. And I'm, I'm sleeping within minutes because I'm, I'm being funny here, but it's a, it's no joke. I think this is a major, major problem. And my Twitter meltdown on Saturday night was born out of this because I don't know the last time I was on here. Was it Commander game, Livingston game? I spoke of red flags and somebody dug me out. Somebody dug me up about it because they thought it was being a bit, you know, um, pessimistic. I pessimistic, and I probably was based on that number of games. But we are so safe and cautious that it, it's kind of it's too much now. It's affecting the entertainment value for one, but it's also affecting the way we play our game in the, last, in the final third. So I know that seems like a contradiction. I'm talking about the defenders passing the ball, but. 
even the likes of Lundstrom, who is good at taking a ball and turning and, and actually moving forward, um, is taking easy options too often. Barisic, the fullbacks, they're cutting back in and knocking their back unless there's an absolutely fine and clear uh, opportunity ahead of them. I get it from a European perspective. I also get it that, you know, Joe might be thinking, we play this way and then we play it all the time and that, that means you don't have to adapt for Saturday to Wednesday or Thursday whenever we play. So I get it, but um, I can't escape it. I think it's going to cost us. I think we need to amend the style of play very, very sharply because my frustration on Saturday at Easter Road was this is one of the worst Hibs teams I've seen for a long, long time. Yeah, the teams exactly. that were in the, in the Championship. And they've been struggling up to this point. And we played them as if we were playing PSV Eindhoven again. And really what we should be doing is we should be going for the jugular. And, they, I mean, look at me, Matondo. How many times did we get the ball in front of him to run on to? And I'm talking about, you know, boys doing the line. Stuff like that just wasn't attempted. It was basically get a boy to Ken and let him run at them. Um, it, it's not going to work and it's going to the, the cumulative effect is going to cost us so there's two points there uh, so I'm a wee bit despondent about this and I worry um, about the DNA of Gio's team and I, and I kind of qualify it because I feel like I've got a wee bit or I should have a wee bit of credit in the bank here because last season when four were losing their shit over various things I'm like listen it's not over takes over and It'll go to the wire and, you know, there's fine margins, but we're still in it. I'm, I'm sitting here looking and thinking, you know, if we don't get it sorted, then this league could be over pretty quickly in terms of uh, how close in touch to, to, to Celtic are because we've seen what they do. They go out and kill games. And I hate to compare us to them because in many ways we're a far superior team. But I worry about us domestically because of this, this issue. Alan? I, I think, Andy, you're talking about the getting to sleep. What I've noticed over the past few weeks, there's a kind of rhythm, and you know, in most football games anyway, our, our rhythm, at times it's almost kind of hypnotic, but it's far too slow. And it's as if it's, I've got the ball, I need to have two people to play it to. And as Andy said, you can actually predict which way the ball is going. I find that teams playing against us now, when we're playing at that same tempo, there's no quick variation. There's no, you know, kind of suddenly someone turns, plays a long, even the long ones suddenly become, let's get it back to goals and let's play. Ne- we definitely need far more kind of, I don't know, unpredictability in terms of our team. And, and at times it seems it relaxes the opposition as well because all they are doing is going, move to that side, move to this side. Even these past few weeks, we've been trying to play it through the middle and so on. But I think even at that now, they're beginning to catch that too. Uh, and as you said too, David, the amount of times we are now getting there or thereabouts the box are in the box and it's just drop a shoulder and shoot and it's, no, I'll play another wee one to him and he'll try and flick it all hard lines. Mm. So there is, there's definitely, and the whole tempo thing, Every now and then, do that. Take your thing the, out. The, the tempo, but the tempo is, is it, terrible. It, yeah, it's constant, and, and it goes back to the start. I'd also argue that the last two matches, PSV and and Hibs, and PSV are a quality side, incidentally, but still, we got a goal right on half time. Then that should send you into the dressing room mm-hmm. buzzing and ready to come out at the start of the second half. In both matches in the second half, we surrendered the initiative straight away. Um, and and that concerns me. We do it too often. We lapse into this, as you say, kind of some ambulance knocking the ball about uh, too easy. And then we almost seem to get confused after a while. We'd be knocking it about with no purpose. 
uh, in a, and then we get ragged and mm. you see it time after time. Uh, on that, what you mentioned there, Alan, about that, um, if you like that little bit of kind of magic, that, that little bit mm. of unexpected skill. I remember mm. years ago, Rafa Benitez, who I think is a kind of similar manager to Gio in his outlook, and uh, at Liverpool, he felt he needed that. And he signed Robbie Keane, um, watched him a couple of times and went, I don't know what he's going to do, so I'm going to drop him. It, it's the control thing, you know? He, he was like, he, he knew he needed it, but he just couldn't bring himself to relinquish and to have a player who might do something wrong because he was doing something against the grain. And I worry that Gio's like that. Everything does seem very much aye, built around a, an apparatus. Yeah. And it was a wee bit, aye, it was a wee bit, though, even with the kind of Michael Beale, kind of Gerard at times, predictability, but you're right here, and again, it's old Rangers da, but not even old Rangers da, but the amount of times I'm looking at games, I'm going, for God's sake, if you had a, even a Gaza, just give me the ball, I'll beat one guy, and then the whole shape goes, oh shit, and it opens up, but there's nobody throwing a wee grenade in by just doing that. And it just, it's here we go here. And okay, we get the wonderful goal against PSV, you know, work down and so on, wonderful pattern of play. But I would just like occasionally, you know, vary it, you know. It's the Dutch thing. The Dutch are, as we know, and and it's that about you have your structure and everybody knows what they're doing and everybody respects it. It, it, it just domestically in Scotland, I'm not sure it was. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, the strange dichotomy, Andy, that you have this situation where Rangers are a very good European side because they're built to play in that environment. I think that we're going to see, we saw last season with Celtic, that they're not very good in Europe. They're going to get murdered, you know, like like absolutely horsewhipped in the Champions League. But they will be able to, you know, and again, it's something we've discussed over the years on Heartland, you know, we've been going for 12 years now, about can you build a side that's good in both? That's a real challenge because the skill set you need to be good in Scotland will not serve you well in Europe, but it does appear that the skill set that we have, which serves us tremendously in Europe, doesn't translate the way we want it to into the SPFL, which is maybe a bit counterintuitive, but the evidence suggests this. Well, I don't think there's any question there that that's the case. And uh, it's an age-old question. You know, we're, we're, we're dominant and we're talking about the Soonish years and Watersmith years and why we had a big problem and that we had to play when we the weekend and then during the week it was a completely different completely different ball game almost and uh, I think we've closed that gap a bit and David we, we watched football I watched Man City yesterday and actually there are I'm not comparing the quality of Man City to the quality of Rangers right but in style of play they knock it around the back but the difference is that once they get it you know at the halfway line and beyond there's an injection of quality and pace and movement, and they can kill teams very, very quickly. So they can move, switch for that slow, methodical uh, defensive horseshoe passing to something that you know kills teams in a flash. I don't think we've got that. I don't think we're going to get it. Is like, that a quality issue? Well, it's a quality issue for the the the, the market we operate in. So yeah. we look at Kent, who we look at as our um, go to creative outlet, and you know our spark, and he's you know. We've seen his shooting. That's why he's probably playing for us, unfortunately, if it were to be get down to brass tacks. So um, you need to be a wee bit more pragmatic, I think, in, in terms of how we go about creating chances for ourselves. And we've seen Barisic overlap, I don't know how many times in the game, but we've seen that fantastic goal we scored for it. Because it doesn't matter who you're playing or what level you're playing, if defenders are facing their own goals and it's moving at pace, very hard to defend. So... 
what can we do? We can change it a wee bit without totally losing our identity on a Saturday in the Scottish League. And if that means you don't play two hold midfielders and you play Arfield, then fine. Or you play Tillman in that team as well as Lawrence. Mm. Um, because, I mean, against Kilmarnock, we played we played Ryan Jack as attacking midfielder. Yeah, the two. we've done that with Kamara. Yeah, and they're not really that kind of player. They can do it, and they'll be probably passable in Scottish football against the draws that we play, but they're not that type of player. So why not just play Tillman or Lawrence together? We are, we're suited, as you say, I think now in European football, we saw Europa League, my goodness, you know, we can do that control. The difference in Europe, I think, as we always said, give the ball away, it's either going to be a goal or a shot at ours or a chance. Yeah. But the thing is, in Scotland, like Andy said, you can change it. You could try and drop a shoulder, beat one guy, go on a run, didn't quite come off. But the chances are Kilmarnock or St Johnston or Hibs or whoever will give you it back again. So, so do a wee bit more of that domestically and okay, we can see why we need to vary it You know, see, on the European side. You, you can kind of epitomise the whole conversation we have here by the fact that Gio will always go for Scott Wright either as a starting berth or from mm-hmm. the bench before Fashion Sakala. Now, I'm not saying Fashion Sakala is Marco Van Basten, right? But what I'm saying is that that kind of spark unpredictability and, you know, th- playing football without a thought in your head comes with Sakala. And I don't know why we don't just use that kind of thing in Scotland because sometimes we need it. We need it in Saturday. You're not going to tell me we Sakala when they're done as much or more than Matondo on Saturday. Yeah, but Matondo's probably been brought in to do that as well and, and just hasn't settled yet, I think. Um, on this, just down to nine men with 20 minutes to go, it is an almost impossible situation. It is. Logically, no matter who you are, you should not be coming out of the game with anything from there. I, mean, I think it is a testament to what Andy said about the quality that Hibs have currently at the moment. But was anyone a little surprised we didn't try at least one out ball or have <laughs> um, a one out ball on the part? Because it, it kind of felt inevitable. And I know it wasn't. I know it t- took a shot at the end, um, you know, from distance to, 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 to go in. But it, it just did keep coming back. And, and of course, you know, the odds are the longer you keep doing that, and I'm not saying that we should have been playing, you know, a three-three-two at this point. But I was a little surprised we didn't have somebody up there to try and either run them or hold yeah. the ball. Dave, even just the threat of it, as you say, someone is quick up there right away. If, if we're at the back, say there's two or three of us at the back, we're going to have to at least wait just in case if they. But if you don't, if we're all back there, it becomes comfy and they just move another 15, 20 yards forward. But no, I'm, I'm very much the same. It's And my frustration as well, and I know it's changed too, and Walter explained it all, but even the likes of at corners as well, sometimes I feel rather than have ever, I know Davies get four men in each post, Andy, but normal <laughs> people. But, you know, you've got people in the box, but I just always feel someone with pace, just put them up there and it just gives them something to think about, you know, at the other side of the park, yeah. Yeah, I, would, I, I, would, I, I was bewildered because I, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I, I don't know what I would do here, but I'm not paid a million quid a year to stand to the side and make the decision. But yeah. for, for what I could see, to tell me if you, you two agree, the tag they seem to be bring Leon King on, put him on the right-hand side, move Tavernier up and try and aim diagonals at his heat and see if in either you know, like a, like a rugby game it went out of the park or else we, we get a flick on. No, we went 5-3. Um, after it, but it, we ended up camped on the edge of our own box, um, understandably so, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I just felt that we could have done with somebody, as you say, who's got that pace. 
or can hold it, just something. Just hold um, it for a wee bit and fall. Because it, just, it yeah. did keep yeah. just, as, as you said, Alan, their goalie effectively played in the halfway line and kept returning it. And we nearly got away with it, but it would have been getting away with it. Um, any blame on them? I've seen some people blaming the keeper for the goal. It doesn't go in the mm-hmm. corner equally. I don't think you can see it, to be honest, and it is cutting away from them. Um, Maybe defenders closing it down. There was I know the I know the ball's flying, but the even like Connor Goldson, there's a quite kind of you know. Yeah, I, I it would have been but a not good in the save. goalkeeper. I don't think. No, 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 it would have been a good save. Put it that way. Um, Andy, I don't think that Connor Goldson, who's such an important player for us, has been anywhere near it so far this season, and I think that that is contributing to our struggles. Yep, um, integral player. I was delighted with the re-signed his contract. Um, I thought not not just him, but that, that first Hubs goal. I thought it was an all round disaster from Matondo to Tavenier, but also to Goldson, uh, Barisic, and Sands trying to keep up with Boyle. I thought I thought it was a disgraceful goal to lose um, for the three things to go wrong at once. And uh, I he's he, he struggles with expectation and. I think we go back to the amount of ball he sees. He becomes an integral player because he sees so much of the ball and starts so many moves. But we didn't even see many of these, you know, these good diagonals that he can do. He could pick a, a time, and I'm talking about transitioning for a, a slow pace, and then you bang, click your finger, and you're up the park. That was what we used to do with the diagonals to Kent or to, to the other side as well. We never really got any of that. But his defending was the issue. That, that, that's first Hibs goal. The second house goal, I think, him and Jack, you know, if I'd done that down the park when I was a wee boy, my dad would be kicking my arse, turning my back on it. Um, and I know it's hard to take and, and, and uh, to, to watch in slow motion, it looks worse, but even in real time, you've got to take, what is it Neil Warnock says, David? I'm not going to repeat it, but you've got to die for three points. Mm. And I think you've got to put your body in line. I thought, you know, we're nearly there and, and just put yeah. your heat, take a concussion. Let's get out of here. But maybe I'm being harsh there. Yeah, and, and on Ryan Jack, I, I don't know what's wrong, but... He's done. Am I being over, over... That's a definitive statement. Um, I, don't, I, I, mean, I don't know. But he's looked a yard off it in the games that he's played so far, I think. If he's had a full pre-season and that's him up to speed and that's his performance, then that's worrying. People yeah, are people are kind of jogging by him. You know, he's going to them and they're just kind of hitting it and jogging, yeah. and his legs just don't seem to. His be... Legs only carrying him. No, um, no, no. It is. I agree. It is a concern um, because it, you know, he's, he doesn't seem to be getting any closer to that match sharpness that you would expect by the amount of games that he's played so far this season. But it is one definitely keep an eye on. Um, Alan, one positive, or a couple of positives. First of all, uh, I thought James Sands played very well again. Um, yes. For agreed. some reason, some people yep. have decided that he's not very good and they're going to stick to that. But I, I think he's been absolutely fine for us in there and, and what isn't his position. And we should be looking maybe um, at getting him into midfield. But uh, we, we finally appear to have a goal-scoring midfielder in Tom Lawrence. Yeah, both of them. I mean, starting with Sands, not a left-sided uh, central defender by any stretch, but he's got better and better, I feel, this season. I thought even on Saturday as well, reading the game, intercepting and so on as well against some of their pacey uh, players too. So, yeah, to be honest, I mean, we would all love a fit Hellander, wouldn't we, left-hand oh, side? God, that yes. would do. But I, I think, to be honest with you, no, I, I really couldn't fault Sands at all. And as you say, he actually looks quite comfy in the ball. 
that you could. You're talking obviously about kind of Ryan Jack, but potentially if you get central defence sorted, I still think he would add value there. And Tom Lawrence for the outset. I know Tess says it was like a he'll maybe score a hat trick in his first game or get sent off or whatever. I've been really, really pleased with him. I think he's he's really busy. He is actually prepared to kind of drive things forward uh, and take shots as well. I also like, I think Malik Tillman as well, who wasn't playing Saturday, really impressed by him. He tends to fade though after about 60 minutes, but I think that's probably the more he plays with us, David, the yeah. stronger he'll get. So, he hasn't yeah. really played first-team football up till now, so no. I think that is definitely a part of that. Andy, um, you're, you're not a father, of course. How, how old's your daughter now? Well, I mean, Andy's now a father now, folks. Uh, even though he was in his forties when when this little miracle came along, um, and that shows you that that his testicles are still working, <laughs> and you want those love spuds, Andy, to look as good as they possibly can. And have I got the offer for you? Yes, uh, for those of you out there who don't give a hoot about our heritage, don't care about John Knox or or Bill Struth or anything like that, and are quite happy to defile yourself by shaving off your pubic hair, even though we're in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis and you're going to need to find warmth wherever you can this winter, quite frankly. Uh, energy prices going through the roof. But, but, you know, apparently it's to do with making yourself look presentable. I'll be honest, I've never had a situation where I found that I had to present my testicles to anybody. Um, in fact, any time I've tried it, I've ended up in front of the magistrate. But <laughs> a lot of you seem to be into this. And uh, we're, you know, we're coming to gift-giving season. If a friend of mine ever handed me something and said, shave your balls right enough, I think that'd be the end of a friendship instantly. But if you're going to manscaped.com, they are the leaders in this disgrace. They are the people that you want to be going with if you are going to soil yourself and your family with shaving testicles. Um, you get 20% off and free delivery if you use the code RANGERS. That's all you need to do, the code RANGERS at manscaped.com and you'll get the performance package. It's absolutely brilliant. It's got the ultimate grooming package and it's the, the greatest ball Trevor ever created. Uh, somebody phoned Norris McWhorter to check that one out. Uh, Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker for your nose and ears, which is a good product. I do use that. And loads of other ball-related things. So if you're interested in that, manscaped.com. Use the code RANGERS, 20% off and free delivery. Right, that's that out the road. Right, let's get to... A bit like your pubic hair. Uh, let's get to Wednesday night. We're going to Eindhoven. And Andy, just to make things even better, it's going to be 39 degrees. Really? Well, that's through the day, but it'll be it'll be at least thirty by kick off. Aye. Are you two are you two gingers going? Aye. I am aye. going, but a hat is very much being <laughs> yes. impacted. Aye. No, I'm, I'm not going. Aye. My family forgo a, a summer holiday because I spent all the money watching Rangers last I, year. So I, I couldn't possibly comment. Aye. <laughs> I, I, I I think uh, a lot. I mean, uh, I didn't go to Belgium, and it was due to the fact. I mean, you know what it's like with the flights anyway, right now. Mm-hmm. And I went on to Belgium, and it was. I'm pretty sure that America got to the moon in 1969 for less money than they wanted to go to Belgium, but I got in quick with this one, so yes, off to off to Holland. Uh, uh, 39 degrees. Why did, did I can't believe that? I've, I've been to Eindhoven the last time we played. It's a great stadium. It's a great venue. We've got the eyebrows, to be quite honest with you. But if it's you've got to presume if it's that hot and it, it, both teams are affected by it, they might suit us well <laughs> when we play. <laughs> That's maybe where geo turns and says, see, I told you. Pass the ball about for often and keep your hand on you. 
<laughs> it might, you know, you, 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 we will have to adapt to those conditions. There's no doubt about it. You'll need to delete this episode then, because we would make ourselves look stupid. Well, yes and no, because a friend of mine said to me the other day, "Would it stun you if we knocked out PSV and then dropped two points at home at the weekend to Ross County?" No, 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 exactly. Um, this Rangers team. It, it is, yeah, I fancy in Europe against most teams. It will be difficult, Al, don't get me wrong. Andy's mentioned there, they have a fanatical home support. They're confident, they've got some very good players and we will have to ride out some storms during this match. But we'll also have to carry a yeah, threat because if, if we I, don't, it'll just come right back at us constantly. I mean, I, I, at the moment, you know me, I'm a don't jinx it guy, but I'm, after the first leg, I'm a 30, maybe 40% in terms of chance. The middle to front definitely look a, a real danger and it's set pieces we'll need to sort out. But defensively, they don't. Uh, and again, as far as I'm concerned, you never know. And it's up to us. There's a big old prize sitting there and it's just a case of Rangers. In one way, it might actually be good that we're not going, holding the one goal, because if they score early, shit. I think at least now we're set up. We know what we've got to do You know, at this point in time. But I think it will be tough, but... If we can, if we can just do that wee bit, I don't know, middle to front, just create some more chances, take some. You, you just don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'd be a miracle if we get through Andy, but it would no. be a sensational result. Oh, it would be a sensational result. All right. I'm, I'm much the same as Alan, I'm probably 40%. I think they probably hold the advantage now, obviously, getting into a home game. Yeah, look, if it was the other way about, I'd fancy us. Ah, of course. Strongly. So, yeah. But uh, I thought they were a good team. I thought the uh, tight triangles were excellent. Um, obviously, they've got a couple of great good players. The boy that Man United want as well, especially. But it, we, we can do this. This is the thing, and it's the kind of contradiction about what we're talking about. We can do this mm-hmm. um, tactically, and you know, the, the ability wise, we can match them. But it's um, the biggest game of the season. No, getting away from it financially, it's nothing else. We'll, we'll even get close to comparing to it. What's the key things we need to do, Alan, on Wednesday night? Uh, We've mentioned uh, ball retention, but yeah. set pieces is a worry. I, I, I can't uh, deny it. I, I think so. I mean, that, that that's a big one, and it's not even just the, the European one. It's definitely a worry at the moment, I think, set piece-wise. I think in the midfield as well. Um, I mean, certainly there was periods last week where I thought we'd done... I think pretty well, probably just shaded the first half, but there was bits when they started really dominating the midfield. I thought Stephen Davis in particular, there was a period where he was really dictating things and he was getting in, he was moving and, and so on. So I think set pieces are the midfield, but we need to be far better in terms of that pace up front. Now, I don't know how near fitness Ryan Kent is, but... Ideally, we talked even about a fully fit Morelos, a fully fit Ken, but I think we've really got to go with that kind of kind of pace. We're going to come under the cosh for a fair old bit of it, but we will get chances, you know. I, I take it, Davey, men in the post at corners, is that the first thing, aye? Well, I mean, given that if we're, if we're not going to be able to go and win the first header, then a man in the post does seem to be a sensible backup position there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just not the way people defend these days, Andy. You know, we've, we've had a lot of chat about zonal marking. The fact is, 99% of teams now operate three guys in, in zones and the mm-hmm. rest man marking. That is, it's a mixture. Nobody is all man marking. Nobody is all zonal anymore. It's just the way football is. And, and we as fans can can register our displeasure or complain, but that's the way they all play now. It's just the way football's evolved. I think it's, I think it's a wee bit 
we, we, we as fans over-engineer or over-analyse the, how complicated it is, isn't it? It's about attacking the ball and blocking, to be honest. Um, that was why they scored, because... We didn't block. They didn't mm-hmm. block. If one guy, even just to slow that run down for the, for that same goal, I think it was, he doesn't get up as high. Um, but these are the fine margins, and uh, I, I thought the first leg... It was kind of tactically perfect, you know. We, we really, really restricted them um, in open play, and we're undone by two set pieces. So you've got to take half of that. And I would agree with Alan that if we play with, with Ken and maybe Matondo, or you know, or right even, mm-hmm. they they know we've got pace on the break then, and we've know we've got a striker in Cholak that is pretty deadly. Um, so I thought they were very, very respectful of us at Ibrox. And I don't think they'll, they'll change that much in Eindhoven because of that fact that they'll, they'll know that we can play in the counter if we really need to. Well, let's hope we are successful in it. Right, a wee bit of housekeeping, folks. If you want to come and see Heartland live this Friday night, we are in Dunfermline playing at the British Legion Hall. Tickets are available online for this show and you will be able to purchase them uh, if you go to the, the description of today's show. They are in the link, the the. This, the, the link you, or they're in the description the link you need uh, it's not just us Kevin Thompson is going to be there as well always a good night so come along meet Kev get up to sign your um, Manchester top if you like and have a bloody good evening before we get set for the match on Saturday right uh, our executive producers in London Mike Lee and Paul Miles I'd like to send our thanks to them and of course my two guests for a splendid chat uh, first of all Andy McGowan thanks very much Davey Acid and Fairman boys if you're looking for a consultant bus convener <laughs> I love the idea of you going in like McKinsey and uh, you know just just uh, organising their bus business into into a much more efficient thing. And to Alan Bradley, thank you, Alan. No, thanks. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not sure, Andy. Some of your pricing might probably blow them out of the water, mate. You need to lost well, lead or something. Yeah, I mentioned McKinsey for a reason there. I'm okay. joking. Apparently, the boss that I left is thriving again. <laughs> well, a great, uh, a great Ayrshire phrase. He's got more money than a cow can shite. So, uh, <laughs> thank you very, very much, folks, for listening to us here on Heartland with a bit of homespun Ayrshire. <laughs> with logic jumped in there as well. We'll be back uh, next Monday on the flagship. Adam will be with you later in the week on Heartland Extra. But of course, you know, if you want more from us, and there's loads of stuff over on our Patreon. It's just one fifty per month, and it's Heartland uh, on. Patreon, you, you just go patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. It's been a pleasure. Wish me luck in Eindhoven. With my travel luck, I'll probably go via, I don't know, Nairobi. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll be there to see a, a Jer's triumph. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>